Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Joining us now is Bill Gerber, who is serving his first term as Fairfield's first selectman. And he's entered with a bang because there is an enormously transformational proposition uh, in front of affecting the town. And that has to do with United Illuminating's uh, proposal to install miles and miles of these enormously high. We're talking about as high as 125 feet tall, some of them as low, quote, as 95 feet tall. They're enormous. Just imagine three times the amount that a, um, a freestanding single-family house is, is allowed to be, and that's more than that. They're usually around 30 feet, 35 feet max. And um, anyway, so the siting council had this proposal in front of it, and it made its own compromise, which is rather astonishing to me. It said no to the original proposal, but it said, you know what, you could move it. Bill Gerber, you're here with us now. Were you surprised that in the absence of any engineering documents that the siting council decided that this entire proposal could be moved? We were surprised, yes. We were all surprised. And how are you, Lisa? It's, it's great to be back on your show, and thanks well, for having thank me. Thank you. Well, it's great <laughs> to have you. But I, I have to tell you, Bill, I was thinking about this. Is the siting council composed of engineers that have the depth of specific knowledge to be able to tell an applicant, go ahead and move it someplace else? Um, I think this was an odd choice of directions for them. I mean, obviously, we, on the one hand, we were happy they didn't rubber stamp the original proposal, which was cutting through many homes and historic, um, you know, buildings in Southport all the way through to bridge, historic homes in Bridgeport. So we were surpri- pleasantly surprised that they didn't ru- rubber stamp that, that, um, that plan. And, um, I, I do credit a lot of a lot of people, including you know the town um, and a lot of the neighborhood associations, uh, stepped up and including a representative from from Bridgeport, um, stepped up and made made our voices heard. And I think they heard it and realized that it was um, that was pretty egregious. But what was strange was then not rejecting that plan, then telling. Um, 
UI to go back and actually come up with an alter- alternate plan, whether it's undergrounding or whether it's north of the uh, of the tracks instead of the south. Because uh, and instead, and they call that the the, the northern route north of the tracks. They, they call the Han Han and Morissette alternative, because there was no real fleshed out plan for that alternative, and they approved it. But now uh, UI is. They say they're going to take six to nine months to actually develop a plan. And they're out there knocking on doors along the route, telling people about this. But I'm not sure what they have to tell them because we don't really know where it's going to go. We don't know how tall the poles are going to be in this alternative. So there's not much to say other than you may be affected. (laughs) And it will affect, um, you know, hopefully the effect of that plan is less than the original plan. But we don't. We just don't know. So um, normally, you would expect all the the newly affected people to have an opportunity to to intervene. Of course. But we're not sure that they're going to have that within the the process. So they approve. So, yeah, it so seems let, strange. Yeah. So I have a question: Do, Does the siting council have the legal authority to have gone ahead and said that? Because it would seem to me. What do I know? What do I know? But it would seem to me. Uh, For example, I used to be on planning and zoning and zoning boards of appeals and all these things. And we would get a petition, right, from a builder. And we could tell you, the developer, well, you can do this, yes, or you can do this, no, or you can do this, yes, with some conditions. But we couldn't tell them to move it across the street. Right. And it seems like they're doing so left a huge opening for an appeal, Um and and we you know are, are most likely going to appeal this decision. So um, this could be, you know, we don't really know which direction it's going to go, but I think that's the most likely. Yeah, I would think so. And you're not the only um, entity I'm talking about now. The town of Fairfield, who considers yourself an aggrieved party, I would think that a lot of these grassroots organizations are also going to appeal. That would be my assumption. Yes, and and uh, at this point. Um, I'm, I'm quite certain that Bridgeport is very interested in what this is going to look like. We, we, you know, it's a strange situation appealing something that you're not quite sure what you're appealing other well, than, point, you know, right? you, you, you should have right. an opportunity to know right. <laughs> before. <laughs> and there's a ground for so. appeal in and of itself, right? The broadness of a directive or the, right. gener- or the generality or something like that. That's really, uh, yeah. Okay. And, I- and as part of the process, um, you know, it, it's still a mystery where United Illuminating's um, calculations, uh, where they came from for undergrounding. And it would have been really nice to have required some daylighting of, of how they calculate, how they got their, you know, one plus billion calculation, because that was nowhere near where um, our experts came out. It was a fraction of that. So, And that's something a judge might want to require. I mean, that's something when you get in front of a judge, if, the, if they are entitled to get into the merits, and that's a very big if, but if right. they're entitled to get into the merits, that's something a judge may want to require as a way of evaluating, you know, the entire situation. Yeah. Right, right. Because our, you know, we are still, we still believe that it just makes sense to underground the line, the whole line. Yeah, and uh, unless... You know, unless they come forward with, you know, calculations that people can can look at and agree with, it's hard, you know, to, to believe the numbers that we've seen. By the way, Bill Gerber, I was very impressed. One of the things that I saw you were quoted as 
as you elicited that in a prior hearing, maybe it was in the Siding Council hearing, that when United Illuminating was testifying about these monopoles, that it turns out, it came out, that the reason they want them to be so high and so industriously 22nd, 23rd century is not because they're going to be utilized to help the community that pays for their utilities here in Connecticut, but rather contributes to their profit center otherwise as a company. Is that right? That is right. But um, I may have said that, but <laughs> um, what, what I would say the only credit that I get for that is hiring very good lawyers. Uh, when, we, um, when we took uh, – took uh, office. Uh, when I took office and the administration came in, we hired a phenomenal um, land use attorney and, um, you know, really got up to speed very quickly on the, on this project. And that was part of his filing for on behalf of, of the town. That was uh, David Ball. You should excuse the expression. I found that illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it is, uh, it is true. And, you know, illuminating is, you know, they're going to, most of that power is going to be, um, is for other, other, other states, you know, for New York and other states. So, you know, that, that, that was a big part of the case that we made. There is no projection um, in, in any, in, in, in the, in the near mid, medium or even long term that shows that, that Connecticut needs the amount of power they'll be able to transmit through those lines. So is the siding council allowed to consider that as a way of considering the necessity of an application because they are allowed to, they're supposed to consider the necessity of an application. They are. And um, we I mean, this was another big area of disappointment. You can find um, the comments uh, from our attorneys, uh, Cohen and Wolf, on the um, on the siting council, um, the docket number 516 on the siting council website. They, um, you know, to the findings of fact uh, that that the siting council posted, um, they um, our, our attorneys had you know, extensive commentary, and none of those were considered in the final ruling, and we were really disappointed about that. And and this was a big part of what they of their comments was that, you know, that 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 part of the application just wasn't you know it wasn't true. It wasn't for the needs of Connecticut. And they did, and the siting council itself did not address that in their decision. Not a single comment was was not a single edit was made. Well, that's Based interesting. On that. So I think yeah. your attorneys will probably use a lot of that to see if any of that is a ground for appeal or something that a, a, a another court might look at and, and grab. We'll see. We'll see how the courts look at it. Yeah. yeah, and our hope is to, you know, hopefully to be able to sit down at the table with United Illuminating and work out a plan that, that we can all be happy with because we know we need power um, and we want our lines to be more resilient. And uh, under, undergrounding is the most resilient way to do it. It's just, a, you know, um, whether it's some combination of under and over would depend on costs and we need to believe in the costs. So, Well, you know, yesterday we had on our show uh, – the gentleman who is the director for public um, regu regulatory affairs, not, not public, right. regulatory affairs. And I asked him point blank uh, about the going door to door to Fairfield, whether they were asking questions or answering questions, what was going on. And he said he really didn't know anything about it, which was also uh, surprising to me. Right. Well, you know, they, um, 
All, all, all of the um, utilities, they kind of have a playbook, and usually they'll go door to door and ha- or hand out you know materials and or, or send a card by by mail. And usually they're kind of broad um, and um, don't elicit the kind of you know. Um, they don't elicit the response that uh, later they would get when people truly understand what's going to happen. I think I that's see. what happened in wow. Southport where people, um, I'm sure you've heard the stories I probably talked about it. Someone saw someone marking trees for uh, to be cut down in their backyard. And that was the first time they knew sure. of this project. And you, I said, well, we notified you. And then, well, you know, and I said this to United Illuminating, you know, if you notify someone they don't know they've been notified, then you really haven't notified them, even if you've, you know, even if you've sent them the postcard, um, you know, if it looks like junk mail, that's not really, I don't think that's the spirit of what um, what they should be doing. And people should really, truly be notified in a way that um, would allow them to to understand and respond. Well, you know, obviously you're not a lawyer, Bill Gerber. That's so obvious in the way you answer that question because you answer that question like a human. Uh, because <laughs> lawyers, lawyers have two categories of notice as a matter of the way we talk about notice. We talk about notice in terms of legal notice, which means somebody is deemed to have been notified. And then we actually have a term called actual notice, which is the term for when people actually are notified. They really did get the notice. And we as lawyers have two different terms for this because that's what we do. So clearly you're not a lawyer, and I can appreciate that. And I, I am not. I, right. But, but as a human, I can tell you that, <laughs> that um, when, when they said, oh, we posted something on a pole at the train station or on a bullet board at the train station, I, I had to laugh because, you know, you're talking about people at 6 in the morning going right. to work. Like, who, who's looking at the, right. the, the, the post, you know, on, on the wall? Not so, to mention yeah. the fact that it probably doesn't have to be in plain language. It can probably be in very legal language, which, you know, most people will blur their eyes over before they could possibly understand it. We don't so I, I really do think yeah. – I'm sorry, Lisa. No. I, I really do think that this aspect of the way things – you know, the, of the, the way these regulations work really should be, should be addressed. I mean, you know, people deserve to truly know. And if that requires, you know, certified mail or FedEx or – to, to every person along the route, so be it. But they, you know, everyone deserves the right to understand how their property is going to be affected. Yeah, I know, I know. 203-333-9422, we're chatting with Bill Gerber. So, Bill, all right, so that's really very big news in Fairfield, and I guess you've got 30 days to appeal, and we'll all be following that very closely. Uh, what else is going on in Fairfield? What, any other news, any, any news regarding... Uh, meetings with Fairfield University to try and make sure there aren't any more crazy beer keg parties on the beach. What's going on in Fairfield? Well, we have had more meetings with Fairfield University. And, you know, I think the spirit of, of you know, of, of collaboration feels like it's it's increasing. And um, we will see this. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> and um, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, you know, there have been, I think we're concentrating more on ideas to, to fix this now as opposed to pointing fingers. That's a move in the right direction. So I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic. But again, you know, um, we'll see how um, the next party shapes up and is cleaned up. <laughs> so that, that's a big part of it as well. And that's the most solvable part of this is that if, you know, the university would commit to um, having cleanup crews on the beach that night, um, that would go a long way for at least for the people who come down the next day and the, 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 the parents and the, you know, just beach lovers who have to go out and into the sound to pick up tr- trash because the, the students left it there. That that's really unpalatable. So, and terrible for the environment. That's good. We've got a caller, Carol from Stratford, who I think has a question or a comment for you. Carol, hello. Welcome. You're on the air with Bill Gerber, who's the first selectman of Fairfield. Hello. Hi, Lisa. Everybody's talking about Stratford, I mean, about Fairfield and Westport and all that. They're also putting those towers in here on Leo Lane and um, across from uh, James Farm Road. Are they really? Are they very tall, yes. these huge ones? And so what about your mayor? What about Laura? What's going on there? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it from her. Has any, has I, there been I, any local reporting about this? What's, I mean, are they very ugly? What are you thinking about them, Carol? Are you upset? Uh, well, they're putting those round, they pounded those round things into the ground already. I don't know what that, what those things are. Bill, do you is know that about Eversource? This? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, is that ever, that might be Eversource, right? It um, might be Eversource. Eversource. Yeah, I mean, we Eversource is going through Fairfield as well, and um, we've we've received a lot of emails from people up in Greenfield Hill and you know um, Congress Street. You know, what are these polls going? And we didn't know anything about it. And um, now that I'm hypersensitive to this, you know, um, we got our attorneys and we looked at the, uh, the history here. It's another example of um, the town was notified, you know, um, a couple of years ago, maybe or last year. And we didn't, you know, had an opportunity to, to, to provide comment and the, and the town did not provide comment on it. So I think. Um, residents in every town need to tell their elected officials that when they get notice from a utility that work is going to be done, mm-hmm. they should hand that over to the best darn lawyer they have available, and they should make sure that, number one, um, that what they're doing is reasonable, um, and number two is, you know, you, you would want to follow up and make sure that they're following the agreement. So there are there are cases where, you know, they may knock down, the utility may knock down a wall or, you know, take out some some trees and they're really responsible for, for replanting. And, you know, you need to make sure they do that. This is a very yeah, hard thing to actually have. My neighbor across the street, they, took, they yeah. cut all her trees down yeah, and they put that those boards on the, her property over her grass to make room for the, the, the towers. It's right, so for the for the, the, the see it. it's so ugly. Yeah. 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 
Bill, uh, thank you, Carol, for the call. Bill, stay with us. We're going to be right back. We've got uh, some people lined up from Fairfield who want to talk with you. 203-333-9422. The Lisa Wexler Show is on your favorite podcast app. Follow and you won't miss a moment. Did you know that many of Connecticut's best accountants, doctors, medical scientists, and teachers started at Eastern Connecticut State University? Eastern is ranked among the top 20 public institutions in the North by U.S. News and World Report. The most competitive in the country, the North region includes 11 states and Washington, D.C., from Maryland to the Canadian border and west through Pennsylvania. Eastern focuses on undergraduate education on a beautiful residential campus with 40 majors and 60 minors. Eastern is affordable yet academically challenging. Students study math and astronomy and read Aristotle and Shakespeare in class. They benefit from close connections with faculty, state-of-the-art technology, and support of alumni. Then they go off to apply their skills, studying public health in Ghana, interning at ESPN, conducting research in the rainforests of Costa Rica, and presenting their work at national conferences. Reserve your spot for an on-campus tour or take a virtual tour today. Go to easternct.edu for more information. Go to www.easternct.edu for more information. The path to your future starts at Eastern. Working from home? Lisa's on your laptop at WICC600.com. It's the Lisa Wexler Show on WICC600. Welcome back to the show. We're chatting with Bill Gerber, first selectman of Fairfield. A couple of topics today revolve around the UI and the siting council decision to turn down their original application, but to say yes to move it which it is likely that Fairfield and perhaps others will appeal. Mike from Fairfield, you're on the air with your first selectman. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Mr. Gerber, how did, how did they get away with uh, putting these poles up on open space in Fairfield, up, uh, up on the Cascades? Well, um, it's my understanding that they – they frame that as replacement of up, you know upgrading existing um, infrastructure, and but in order to do that, they they do have certain easements where they can get there. I think part of the problem is the poles in some instances are a lot bigger than the old um, structures, whether they were. Um, you know, some of them were poles. I think some of them were um, um, the um, what are they called? You know, like the quaternary structures and. Um, and the, the the town uh, they did notify the town as we found out uh, prior to my taking office, and uh, there was a period in which we could have commented, and we didn't. So um, that's how they're getting away with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, sorry to, know, yeah. We 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 buy, we buy open space to have open space, not to be developed, and those towers are hideous. Yeah, and but I believe you. Um, can you confirm there was something there before? It's just that these ones are ugly, right? There were towers there. They were uh, metal structures, but now they are adding. They're not just replacing. They're adding. Along the along that um, along the, the route, yeah. correct? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Correct. yeah. yeah. You and know, I'm the sorry, problem Mike. is yeah, that's that's redevelopment. That's redevelopment of open space. Yeah, that's terrible. And, you know, the problem is when these towers sail above the tree line, they are really very jarring and disturbing. They really shouldn't be able to do that. They should not be able to go above the tree line. I remember um, when I went to uh, Puerto Rico. This is a complete non sequitur, but it's something that's stuck in my head. I went to Puerto Rico a few years ago with Bill, and there's a, a resort there. I think it's called the Doral. Anyway, some pretty resort. 
And the resort was developed by a rich person, and he bought acres and acres and acres of Puerto Rico. And he said in the, in the land development that no building could ever rise as high as the tree line. And the tree lines, there are palm trees. They're not very tall mm. trees. And so everything wow. continues to look beautiful. And I've thought mm. about that a lot, that the tree line is something very real to us in Connecticut. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Anyway, um, but thank you for answering that. 203-333-9422, Bill. I mean, you're going to, you're going to, I guess you're going to be hearing from a lot of people. These, um, these ugly structures, they, they hurt us. They, they, they they don't make us feel very good. We are hypersensitive to it. And, um, you know, um, so I, uh, it's, it's definitely a priority. Um, Obviously we all, know that we need power but i i think some of us wonder in this day and age you know how are we um our solution to resiliency isn't undergrounding it's going higher that it doesn't seem to make sense sense. no it doesn't make any sense so hopefully common sense will prevail one can only hope in the meantime bill gerber it's february you've been in the job now just a couple of months so what have been the uh what have been the best aspects of being first selectman of Fairfield? What do you like the most about it? Um I I I can't believe how much I love this job. It's oh. crazy. This is a really <laughs> really great job. There are a lot of great people working here. Um I it's amazing. I didn't really, you know, there's there's real um hard working people that are willing to I mean I, I, I understand there's some you know, there there's some benefits to um to, to working for a town and, you know, maybe um, some job security that you wouldn't get in the private sector, but I, I'm not sure that people truly understand how really good some of these people are at their jobs and that they're not getting paid, you know, nearly as much as they could be getting paid in the private sector. So um, that was really a nice surprise. Every day is like packed with, with a really wide variety of, 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 of issues. And you go as the first selectman, you're a select person, you go back and forth between the, the sort of fun, joyous ceremonial stuff and the mm. deep issues. And then mm. it, at times some really ugly issues, but um, it, it, it's so varied that the days go by quickly. Um, okay. Yeah. They yeah. They zip. You know, it's funny you should say that because um, I always knew from the outsider as a lawyer how profoundly I respected the clerks of the probate court system, particularly our own oh, clerks at yeah. that time, were uh, Shirley DeLuca and Karen Ussolini, who I loved in private practice. But when I became a judge, my immense respect for them went over the top. And I also see that in town hall in Westport, among all the other people that work in the town clerk's office and tax offices. And it is true that we are very lucky in Connecticut, town by town by town. And as I've gotten to know over the last 10 years, the probate court system, we are so lucky because you're right. If you're just going to look at it on, on pay alone, you might not expect the caliber of smarts and commitment that we have among so many people that work in our communities for our towns and cities and, and our state, our state. It's Well, I hope you've had a chance lucky. to meet our probate judge because Kate Maxim's wonderful. <laughs> Have you I've ever met Kate? I had a chance to meet her. She's one of my buddies, Bill. Oh, we're, okay. We're sighted yeah, in Kate's for each awesome. other all the time. Yeah. Okay. Kate okay. is always, she's, every time I have to go on vacation, in fact, I'm going on vacation for two weeks to be with my new grandbaby, and Kate is my first up. She's going to be okay. doing um, hearings at the hospital in Westport for me. 
She's wow. the best. Are you yeah, kidding? she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, her staff is awesome and, too. They're willing. Your- and what I love about the pro, like, so she worked, you know, for for a Republican for for years. He passed away. And, yeah, well, I'm sure you know so. the story. Yeah. And um, so this that that pro, you know, the probate, you know, office is just non political, uh, or at least it has Zippo. been here. Zippo. Yeah. Yeah. Zippo. No politics. Yeah. We have yeah. to run with a party, but it's a very small P. Very right. small right. P. We have to we have to pick a side. We have to pick a team. We have to run. But there's no place for politics in probate court. Zero. And anybody I would who like that so to be for. Be that should be the way the whole town works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. No. I don't know about that. Good luck to you. I don't know. But we don't have to take positions on policies, and we certainly right. don't have to side up against, you know what I mean, or for or against anything that would have any political connotations. Zero. Zippo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you love it. So you love it. Is there I, any I love so it. Far? Um, you know, I, I wasn't really prepared for, um, the stuff that requires a lot of Teflon, you know, um, you know, there, I, I, I guess I, I should have been, but, you know, I was on the RTM for, for a long time and didn't really see myself the, the target of just, you know, people posting on next door and mm. saying things like that. And, um, and, I was a little taken aback by it, but I've really I've come to realize it doesn't really bother me because it's so silly. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess there are um, you know there are there probably would be a tipping point. You know cer- certainly I'm open to criticism. So uh, but but some of the criticism that that you get isn't isn't you know sort of genuine it's just people being mean and and that's something you got to get used to but you sort of have to figure out where to filter out the 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 criticism that comes in that actually is is genuine and because you can't just ignore um the criticism sometimes um people are actually angry and they may appear to be mean and then when you talk to them you figure out they have a legitimate Right, and then still open-minded to listening, Bill. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Bill Gerber, first selectman of Fairfield, on the show with us today. We'll put it out on podcast for you in case you missed some of it. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for coming back on. We'll have you on again soon. Thanks, Lisa. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.